0: Hello everybody. Welcome to the podcast. This is Mark Joseph Bennett. Allez les bleus. Allez les bleus. Allez. That is the French I don't chant, I guess, for the, the World Cup. Guys, France with a something 4-2 victory. You know what? I should have said spoiler alert. You know what? I hate these this day and age. I mean, this is a bit different. If you haven't heard about the World Cup by now, I mean, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but I tape a lot of sports, so I don't like when people, they when it's unannounced, then they just say it. I was on a fucking flight. I don't know. It was WestJet. Let's blame WestJet. But I was on a flight, and I had, uh, it was it was during, I don't know, some Stanley Cup final game, and even though I was taking the flight, I thought, it's great. I'll be in the air the whole time that it's on. So there's just, and then when I get home, I'll have it taped and I'm just taking a taxi straight, straight home. It'll be fine. And this fucking guy, he literally in the middle of the night, because I guess it went into overtime or something like that. He just announces it. He's like, Yeah, four, two for Montreal at like 12 in the night. Now, first of all, he woke a bunch of people up. So go fuck yourself right there. And secondly, you this day and age with the PVRs, the recording capabilities people have back. I used to tape it on VHS tape and beta before that. That's right. I had a Betamax. Still, I still remember that the first movie I ever got in my life was E.T. E.T. on beta. Let me tell you something. It stayed great. Those beta machines were actually better. They were better, but they were... Um, Purchased by VHS. VHS won the battle, but, and then they stopped making the betas, even though they were better machines, because of the old planned obsolescence, I'm assuming, for the VHS. Oh, guys, big business. Don't get me started on um, big business, not looking out for the consumer. So, um, anyway, the French, the. La Le France. <laughs> I really should. The reason I'm cheering for him is because my wife is a French citizen. And uh, because of that, my toddler is also French. He's a French citizen. I think that's how it works. I don't know all the country's rules. I'm pretty sure he's French. I haven't looked into it. She seems to think he's French. So I got to cheer for him. Plus, you know, there's a, they're a pretty good team back in the day. I, I was watching France. I'll say this, though, about the World Cup. This friggin' uh, godlike Zidane, I just, I don't understand it. How the French population doesn't hate that man, I'll never know. Yes, he helped them win the championship in 1998, all right? So I I get you liking the man back in 1998. But in whatever it was, 2008, I think, I I guess it was, what, for. Four years ago, maybe 2010, 2006. I don't know, guys. I don't know a lot about soccer. But I do know that he headbutted a guy when France are trying to fucking, they were in overtime, extra time, I think, and he headbutts this guy in the chest. And then people were saying at the time, because I thought, how could you possibly, it doesn't matter what the other guy said, how could you possibly do something so fucking selfish. How? Even if you're French, how can you be that selfish? And uh, a a lot of people said, well, his mother had just passed away like a day before or something really recently. And this guy said something about that. And I was like, okay, well, I still think that you're letting him win. If he insults you like that, yes, as as big of a as an asshole as that would be, that that kind of dick move, surely wait for him in the parking lot, beat the living shit out of him. I go ahead, but you let him win, like the terrorists. If we stop shopping, they win. So when you headbutt the guy, no matter what he said, he got what he wanted, and then they they won. The other team, I don't remember what country it was, but it certainly wasn't France. And um was it Argentina? I have no idea. Anyway, turns out he didn't say anything about his mother. The guy went interviewed about it, and of course the press brought that up. He goes, what do you guys think I did that? I didn't do that at all. He said, my own mother had passed away six months ago. I would never say that. That would... That's that's not something I would do. And they said, Well, what'd you say? And he said, Well, listen, this Zidane, who thinks he's a big deal, he's the one of the all-time greats, and I'm a nobody. He was trying to make me know that all game long. He said to me, uh, I will give you my jersey at the end of the game if you want. And I and I and I was like, I'm I'm sorry, because I didn't. I didn't assume he was insulting me. I thought I I had misheard him. So I asked him, and then he said again, I'll give you my jersey at the end of the game. Basically saying, hey, kid, I'm a legend. You're a piece of shit. At the end of the game, maybe I'll sign a jersey for you, you little fuck. That's what he was doing. And he was doing that shit all game long. You know? So finally... When Zidane said, I guess he's not a creative man, when he said it again to the guy, he was like, hey, I'll give you my jersey at the end of the game. The guy turns to Zidane and he says, yeah, I'll take your sister instead. Boom. How about that? And then Zidane goes, oh, yeah, headbutt. I'm I'm an athlete. I don't can't think. Fucking headbutts the guy in the chest. Ruins France's chance. Like they were they were going to win. Probably had the upper hand. Then they went down by a man anyway, dumb fucking Zidane. And so, at the time, there was a big outcry. Like Zidane, no, said the papers, non, n o n, Zidane, non. But like, even like now, they talk about him with you know, with fucking. There's something about when players retire. It's like they only focus on the good things, and that drives me nuts. You know, let's let's fucking call him out. Dear, dear Zden, you were a really good player, one of the greats of all time. And uh, you, you fucked everything up because you're a selfish asshole. And you don't get and now he coaches teams and he fucking anyway. It's like in hockey. I mean, hockey's no better. Hockey might be worse. People are fucking lauded after they leave. They become guys like Ulf Samuelson. Ulf Samuelson, and Ulf, if you're listening to the podcast, I apologize that uh, you're going to hear this. I don't apologize for what I'm going to say because you're a fucking asshole. All right? Like, the guy's made his career on walking on and skating around, taking people's knees out. Cam Neely, one of the great goal, goal scorers of all time, career completely shortened by Ulf Samuelson single handedly going at his knees. Like, just. And he was like a big fucking tough man. And yet you're taking out people's knees like a goddamn pussy. Anyway. And now, of course, there's it's the assistant coach. And they're talking about him for head coach. and Talking about the great Ulf Samuelson's career every time I'm watching one of the fucking Pittsburgh games. And I'm a Pittsburgh fan, so I hate hearing that shit. You know, like, like Scott Stevens. Same fucking thing. Guys considered New Jersey devil royalty. You know, just walk, just skating around headhunting. If you know, freaking Paul Correa's career one would have been, I think he is a Hall of Famer, but would have been an even greater hockey player, career shortened from concussions. Why? Because some fucking sociopath is skating around the ice going, I can't play very well, so what I'll do is I'll knock out star players. And the thing is, Stevens was a decent defenseman. He was good enough to actually play hockey. But no, no, here's our strategy. We're just going to injure the best players. It's one. It's one of my big problems with hockey o- over my entire lifetime. If you're not good enough to beat a better team, just injure their players, and uh, then you get the victory. I hate it. It's like when George Bush won the election from from uh, what's his name? Fucking Al Gore. You know, it, it's it's basically proven that there was voting fraud in florida and instead of people going to jail we let the guy become president for eight years and run the economy into the ground and i guys i'm i'm no republican hater you know i'm not i don't i have no what 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 do you call it i got no fish in this race that can't be it (laughs) no boat in this race no dog in this fight hey i don't like that I just realized I don't like that expression. I am a lover of animals. Not in the sexual way. But I, I don't... A dog in this fight. Like the, the expression, dog-eat-dog dog world. Don't like it. Dogs are nice creatures. They're loyal. They're loving. If that happens to a dog, those are... I guess what they're saying that these are des- desperate, desperate times. You have to do what you got to do. But I don't like it. I don't like the implication. You know, it's never said like, Oh, fuck. This is a dog-eat-dog dog world. Isn't this terrible? It's said in like the business sense, like, go out there, be a shark. Go out and fucking ugh, destroy the other people. Now, dogs, they, they, they roam in packs in the wild. They're not doggy dogs. They, they hang out. They're friends. I don't like a lot of these expressions. You know, straw that broke the camel's back. Come on. Don't make me picture that. That's not right. Any hoozles. The fuck was I talking about? French. Allez les bleus. Don't like that chant. Because it's uh, not good. Doesn't rhyme. Not catchy. Even though I was cheering for France. And my toddler was yelling, Allez les bleus. And sure, that was adorable. But it's just not. It translates, I guess, literally to. Let's go blue. You hear how stupid that sounds? Just because you guys are fucking sophisticated, scarf-wearing, baguette-eating pastry mongers, just because you read books by Camus and Sartre doesn't mean everything that comes out of your mouth is good. No, sir. First of all, cigarette smoke coming out of your mouth, not good. A lot of you still smoke too much. Secondly, Alele blue, let's go blue. Come on. Five-year-olds would have thought of a better chant. It's got to be something better. Right? Anyway, at least I didn't have to listen to Ricky Martin. Here we go. Alele, alele, Remember when Ricky Martin somehow owned the World Cup? That was a weird time. And that's, like, that's what you get, guys, for taking fads on, all right? Ricky Martin blew up huge for, like, 20 minutes. And it happened to be around the World Cup, I guess. So they used Ricky Martin to do all this, like, fucking promo and soundtrack. You, know, you basically get this one-hit wonder. And he now he's the he's the voice. Anytime you watch the highlights of those old... World Cups, is fucking Ricky Martin all over it? Stupid. You got to go with, you got to pick tried and true classics, you know? You get Bruce Springsteen. You know, that guy's been famous forever. Can't go wrong with a Bruce Springsteen. Now, I don't know what kind of soccer chant he'd come up with. Probably be some blue-collar working class, like, depressing chant. And we're here. We all survived the Vietnam War, except a lot of people... Let's play some fucking kickball. You know, I don't, I don't know what he'd come up with. But I think that's pretty good. Anyway, the French won. And I'll say this. We had some people over to watch it. And here's what I got to say, guys, about watching sports with other people. These people better be watching a fucking game. You know what I mean? My wife. Oh, God bless her cotton socks. She loves company. And I I like her having company, you know, so that she got someone else to yap with, someone else to talk. And it's true. You should be seeing people, psychologically speaking, you know, especially when you got a young, young child. You spend a lot of time just you and the fam, which is lovely. But you don't have a ton of adult interaction. So the best way to get it at this stage in our lives is to hang out with other people who have children Sam's age. So this happens a lot. And we have some people over who say they're coming to watch the World Cup. And I'm thinking to myself, even though like these people, the dudes who are coming, they actually like soccer way more than me because I don't watch soccer. I watch the World Cup usually when it comes on. And I don't know anything except things like David Beckham, and Christian Ronaldo and and Lionel Messi. Is that his name? Lionel Lionel. Anyway, Messi, who apparently has autism. I don't know, I read that once. I read I read some kind of headline about that, so it must be true. He got in trouble. He got he avoid It was didn't wasn't paying his taxes or something. And the article was like, Yeah, but you know, he has autism. <laughs> I was like, Okay, does that explain it? Because he's got like a billion dollars. Somebody should be taking care of it. Anyway, it was a whole thing. I'll read, I'm going to read up on it. I'll report back next podcast, and I'll find out if, if Messi has autism. Now, there's a bunch of Messi fans listening going, he doesn't have autism, you piece of shit. Probably he doesn't. But, I mean, that would explain, to me, I feel like athletes, they're on the spectrum. You know, there, there's something off with them in some way. And I don't mean off. If you're on the spectrum, you're not necessarily off. But there's something where you're not, you know, you don't have the typical brain. Because to be able to have that level of focus on a physical activity, you know, just all day long, all you think about is soccer, 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 soccer. You know, it's, it's just. You wake up every morning at 4 a.m. and you train all day. And then you're like, "Yep, that's not enough. I can't wait to do it tomorrow. That's just a different type of person. Anyway, these guys come over. They're supposed to know a little bit about soccer. Uh, They know the names of players. And uh, other than Zidane and what's his name? Mambatu? Mabata? I don't know, the French kid, the 19-year-old that they're saying is the next Pelé. Was, uh, he scored, you know. So that's good, I suppose. He's I was the first teenager to score since the great Pele. The announcer was blaring. The announcers are so overdramatic, but you know what? You got to be. I guess that that's what the whole sport is about—drama. You know, you just sure people don't score very often, and a lot of the game is super boring. So, you know, but that's Europeans. You know, they they're like. Not Stuff doesn't have to happen all the time, man. you got to take it easy. Like, I love European movies. And a lot of times, because of that slow pace, I love it. So I should start, you know, adopting that when I'm looking at soccer, going, hey, we're, we're here for, for 90 minutes plus stoppage time. And it's, it's going to be an up-and-down ride, and there's going to be times where people are just booting the ball around midfield for 20 minutes. All right? But uh, just, hey, relax. You know? Dance around in your seat. Paint your face. Sing, let's go blue. Have a great old time. And these guys, they come over. To supposedly watch the World Cup. Now, number one, they show up like 25 minutes in. No joke like 25 minutes in. And I'll tell you what, I'm not going to complain about that, alright? Because I actually got to watch that part of it. And then they show up and like, you you just talk. You talk about, talk about shelves at Ikea. You know, and then at one point and my wife, she's making like crepes. So, because she loves hosting people. God love her cotton socks. Loves to host. So she's making crepes and berries and Ice cream like Yonanas. You know, that fucking bananas and shit. It's just it's it's not really ice cream. If you haven't long time listeners to the podcast, you guys know that uh I like I think somebody just crashed in my parking garage here. Honest to God. Well Dumb fuckers. People drive way too fast in parking garages. I gotta say. Anyway, so Yonanas is bananas and other fruit, just frozen fruit. It mashes it together, and it makes it an ice cream-like texture. It's good. It's good. So my wife is making crepes and Yonanas, and then my son goes bananas. He starts getting mad because it's a lot of stimulation for him, and it's close to his nap time. So he starts freaking out a little bit. So now it's time to take him to bed. You know, but my wife, she's still cooking crepes. As she did for several hours. So what are we going to do at this point? I have to take over. All right? She's going to calm the boy down. And uh, I got to make these fucking French pancakes. You know? Which I don't know how to make very well. And I got to man the Yonanis as well. So am I watching the game now, guys? No. Not only. Uh, are people talking through it now? I don't even see the screen. So all I can hear is their conversation about God knows what. While I'm ma- flipping pan flat pancakes that nobody ate. So they ate a bunch of them, but it's just my wife made extra. So I was making this, these, all these crepes that nobody was going to eat while I couldn't even hear the game. I was trying to watch. So I taped. I started taping it. I was like, "I'm going to watch the game later." And I'm not going to do that. It's done. It's finished. <laughs> even though they say you enjoy sporting events more, even if you know the score and you rewatch the game, because you you get more. Uh, there's 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 no pressure, no anticipation of of what might happen. So you get to actually watch the play unfold, and it's apparently very satisfying. And I I can attest to that actually because I watch many a Sidney Crosby Pittsburgh Penguin game knowing the score, just to want to see how many points he gets, you know, or how he played, you know? watch one of the greats of all time. Of course, let's do that. So maybe I will go back and watch this game, but I doubt it because, you know, soccer's not my sport. What you need to do is if you're having people over, they have to be like-minded. They have to be paying attention to the sport. But, you know, you also can't be crazy. You can't invite people over who are rabid sports fans either. Who are just flipping out of fucking bullshit, man. It's a bullshit call. You know, you can't have those people. You gotta have an adult. But an adult who's paying attention to the game. All I know, it, today wasn't so bad because I don't really give a shit about soccer. But uh, I will never invite people over to watch like a Stanley Cup final or something like that unless they're well vetted. Unless I am sure that they're going to do this right. Nobody's going to talk about their feelings. Nobody's going to say, oh, you know, we broke up with I don't give a shit. I mean, and maybe I do, but not right now. I'm not going to talk about, uh, you know, where you're going to send the baby to preschool and blah, blah, blah. We're watching this fucking period. We're going to see how it goes. And then we're going to watch the analysis in the intermissions. Anyway, it was France won. Controversially, in my opinion. You know, because the first the 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 France got two goals on two penalties that probably shouldn't have been called, in my opinion. And I'm cheering for France, remember. It's just I want to see an honest game. And apparently the refereeing was very good all World Cup. That so the announcers were saying. This is a part that I heard uh briefly when uh I don't know what. Everybody shut the fuck up for two seconds. And I was able to hear the announcers were saying that the refereeing had been good, but unfortunately, right now it's and then I couldn't hear anything else. So I do think that uh, there was a lot of disagreement over the call. And that made it like that France got two goals. So first it was they got the first one, and then uh, Croatia ties it up because Croatia not going down without a fucking fight. So they they come back and tie it at one-one, and then France gets a, a free kick. So basically, if you don't know, a, a, a guy stands in front of a giant net with some poor bastard of a goaltender going, Dude, just fucking kick it in. Just kick it to one of the corners. I can't possibly get there. I'm not the fucking flash. I can't, you know, move space and time and get to a corner by the time that ball gets here. So They just, the ref just gave France another goal. So now it's two to one. And so then halftime comes. And then, of course, Croatia are like, oh, we're running out of time. We got to. And so so the pressure's on. So they start taking chances. They start, uh, you know, becoming more aggressive offensively. And that, of course, leaves their defense on the hook. And so France get to, when they get a chance going the other way, you know, they get better chances. And then France scores another couple of goals. And then that's all she wrote. But people are like, well, they scored plenty of goals, so even if it's the refs made some bad calls, yeah, but it changes the shape of the game. If the refs hadn't made those calls, uh, Croatia up one nothing, And then what? Then France has to take the chances, and their defense gets stretched, and maybe Croatia goes up 4-1. to You don't know. Anyway, I just hate to see, in any sport, the refereeing being, you know, something that is influential. And I I feel bad for the refs too, because these guys they're not rich they're not, they don't got messy money, you know that. And and now they're probably getting death threats from crazy fans in Croatia. And I now Croatia, listen, I don't know you, as a country you seem great, but don't tell me there's not a couple of psychos who like soccer, who are thinking about making death threats to those refs. Don't tell me that's. Not, you can't be a part of the world and not have a few people. can it? you got to have a few bad eggs. So I feel bad for the refs. I'm sure they don't want to be influential. Or do they? It's just FIFA, man. Fucking FIFA sitting there with Putin. Fucking, you're just looking at him going, yeah, you guys, you don't play by the rules, either of you. FIFA guys sitting there yucking it up with Putin. Putin, you know, he wasn't as demonstrative, but he was giving the guy like a wry smile. Like, yeah, we're the same. We fucking, we do what it takes to get it done. We don't give a shit. And when people call us out on it, we go, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do? We're FIFA. We own soccer. We can do what we want. We're the second most corrupt organization in sports. The second most. You say, Mark, what's the first? What's the foremost? The premier corrupt sport? I don't know if I've mentioned it on the podcast before, but it is sumo. Sumo wrestling is the most corrupt sport in the world. Apparently, it's big fucking money in Japan. I want to say Japan. And there's all this gambling and betting. And so the fights are fixed. And they're very easy to fix because you have two competitors. You know, and these guys, these fucking Yokozunas, the guys who are the champions uh they are uh they are treated like kings like literal kings they get women and, and money and food and and they eat a lot of food they're big fat men wine and whatever they want still you got to think like i i was watching a documentary on them and there's one of these champion yokozunas he's sitting around his fucking sultan tent surrounded by ladies and grapes and shit for real and uh I was thinking i still i can't imagine you're comfortable. do you know what i mean like i I am probably fifteen pounds overweight right now, and i just i can't stand sitting down the the pants the the what do you call it the belt line of my pants just digs into my fucking fat. I just can't get comfortable. I can't. My my pants—they never fit well, or or my shorts. My shirts are getting short because they're hanging off my little belly. It's gross. I feel, I feel bad. And not just like looks-wise. Like I, it, I can feel it. I'm uncomfortable when I sit around, and when it gets a little warm, I get a little sweaty. No. So if you're like a four hundred pounds sumo wrestler, I don't care. How many grapes they're, they're throwing at you? You've you got to be walking around uncomfortable. And their life expectancy, as you might imagine, is like 40. You know what I mean? They're, uh, sure, they had a good time while they were here. The champions, that is. Imagine if you did it all. You, you, got, you got the fat on you. You trained all day. You stuck that uh, piece of dental floss up your ass. Day in and day out. You talk about something that's disgusting. Imagine that. Like, it's not just a giant fat guy wearing a thong. It's not just that. That is obviously bad enough. But these guys are training day in and day out. Fucking athletes just sweating their guts out in their thong. Like, that thing. Unless they wear a new one every day. That thing must be fucking putrid. Any huzzles. it's not just that you have to wear the thong like all day every day you're training to one day be a Yokozuna but you you just don't make it. You know you're you barely hit 350. You can't even play with the big boys. You know, so now your, your heart is all shot you can't fit in any clothes. You gotta wear that thong around twenty four seven. Maybe that's why they wear that. Huh? They put on like a big giant bathrobe over a thong and they pretend it's a uniform, but it's the only thing that they can fit in. Because I don't know what store sells clothes that sumo wrestlers can fit in. Any, and then and then you don't make it? You did it all for nothing? That's just one of the things I, I know, that I won't be sacrificing my entire life for my career. No, sir, I will not. Because you know why? When you're dying, when you're sick, you know, if you're a sumo wrestler, so you're, you you hit the ripe old age of 32, you're crazy overweight, you know, you're just, you're obviously not going to make it. The sumo wrestling committee has decided they're not gonna let you win any fights you're not a pretty boy like all these pretty yokozunas with their nice ponytails done up in a bun you know maybe you had some male pattern baldness you just you just weren't good for the sumo calendar you know so you get the shaft then what was it all worth it no of course not even and even if you're one of the guys who does it, is it all worth it? No, not if you had a bad life. You know, these women who are throwing themselves at these disgusting giant wrestlers, you know, do you think they really love you? Or do they do they just love the money and the lifestyle and the cars you can't fit into? Guys remember, it's all a balance. Not just in sumo wrestling where you have to maintain your balance. You also need your balance in life. And so, you know, when your wife wants to bring people over for a sporting event, and you know full well you're not going to really be enjoying the event because you're not going to get to pay attention, you got to do it. you gotta, you got to have some people over. Uh, have your son entertained for a while. It's a nice balance but you cut that off when it comes to hockey. There is no fucking way you are interrupting my playoff game with your Ikea shelf talk. I won't have it. We had some friends, actually, up from uh, from Newfoundland. It was nice. The way my friend put it, uh, Jillian, she's a long-time listener to the podcast, old Jillian, and she she said, the best type of friends are the ones where you haven't seen them in many years, and then you you pick up like it was you just saw them yesterday. And I agree with her. We didn't like even we didn't do the catching up. You know what I mean? And I I said that right away to uh, to her husband Dave. I'm like, what do you say? I haven't seen you in like five years. You know what? How do I sum up five years? I can't do it. And he said, don't. There's no nothing to do. You know, you have more to say to people if you've seen them the week before. You know, because you could say, oh, guess what happened this week? You know, my car stalled out and blah, blah, blah. My wife brought people over for the World Cup, didn't hear a fucking thing. You know, you, you can say those shit. But, like, the last time I saw them was probably before the last World Cup. So what, am I going to talk about the last two World Cups? No. So you just go with what's going on today. Hey, what'd you eat for breakfast? You know? Do you know what the most corrupt sport is in the world? Stuff like that. But I, I'm trying, I'm trying to um, be more tolerant of of soccer. Like I, I know I railed on the old podcasts about um, how I don't like the flopping around, and I don't, I don't like that in any sport. It happens in in lots of sports. LeBron James. Arguably the greatest basketball player of all time, acts like he gets shot all the time. You know, the man is like six foot eight, built like a fucking truck, and uh, someone grazes his pinky fingers. Like, ah! And not all the time, just sometimes when he wants the call. I just hate it. I just hate it. Ah, LeBron James is in uh, Los Angeles, he's on the Lakers. That makes sense. I don't know why a guy like him is not on the Lakers. It's just, you know, it's the show. Los Angeles is the entertainment capital of the world. LeBron James is the biggest star. You know, Cleveland are never going to beat Golden State ever again because Golden State have stacked their team. So put them over in L.A. and let, let L.A. buy a bunch of players around. And then maybe you've got a fighting chance if people on Golden State get injured. You know? Act like hockey players. Injure Steph Curry and, and Kevin Durant. And uh, then, you know, pat yourselves on the back about what a great team you are because you injured star players. I'm going to end the podcast on the next two topics. Number one, I'll just quickly say my dad is fine. Uh, the cardiologist, if I didn't mention this last podcast, cardiologist examined everything, said his heart is totally clear, no blockages, no uh, no plaque no, nothing bad. And so he said to the point where he's pretty sure Dad didn't have a heart attack, that it was some kind of event, and it happens sometimes, uh, sometimes some severe acid reflux, and it can raise the, even raise the enzymes in the blood to make it seem like you're having a heart attack, even medically speaking. However... Perhaps it wasn't an actual attack. So great news. Seems like he's fine. I told him to take a baby aspirin just in case, you know. And when I told him, I said, hey, the doctor recommended that. I'm like, you're fucking right, he did, because I could be a doctor. I could be anything I wanted to be, just like Mama always said. So uh, there, there's the update on Father. Now, uh, the last thing I want to say is I'm in a good mood. Right, as you can as you could hear, some energy in the voice, you know, feeling good about uh watching sports. I, I think I'm I actually thinking I'm gonna I'm gonna try to watch soccer um as a sport just because why I hate TV and uh and that's weird coming from me. It's just and I like certain things. Like we're watching the Americans right now, which hey, I'll save this I think for the next podcast because with the Americans Although I should have done it on this one, you know, with Putin, the thing in Russia is uh, the Americans is such a great TV show. But uh, and I don't know if Carrie Russell is an asshole in real life, but man, oh, man, she if she's not, she is such a great actress because she is such a hard ass on that show. And uh, and she's one of the heroes. You're you're supposed to be rooting for her. I think it's just she's she's actually such an asshole so often. And um it, it varies throughout the seasons. But right now what I'm watching, I'm watching the final season, and she's, I just want, oh, I just want someone to punch her right in the head. She's acting like such a dick. And she, probably Felicity, she's probably a great actress. I don't know. She's married to the guy for real, the guy in the show she's married to. So that's nice. It's nice to watch a, a happy couple. So, um, but you know that you watch the americans and you just think to yourself christ almighty this stuff happened you know the russia the way it was the under communism and and how bad you know people had it at the time you know queues for food and there's just not enough to eat and just ah oh. I, I know it's a fictitious show, but they're talking about stuff the real suffering people had, you know. Talking about World War II, uh, Russia lost 27 million people. 27 million people! It was, that's like, it was like 14% of their population. And their population was like 190 million people. Like, honest to God. And so, and then the spy aspect, and then the it just the, and you know that that shit's going on, and you know it. And so, you know, people are talking about the Facebooks and the fucking, and you're like, guys, it's so much worse than you think. It's not just a couple of stories from a couple of countries that are hoping to influence elections. Things, if we knew the actual truth of the decisions that were made. The things that were carried out and why they were carried out, none of us would have any hope for humanity in any way. It's probably for the best that they keep everything secret. Because if we knew just the arbitrary business decisions they were making that were throwing the world into such suffering. All right, let's let's move on. Let's move. I'm gonna end the podcast. I just said I felt good. And you hear that? I said I'll save the American thing for the next podcast, but if I do that, obviously that podcast is going to go down the crapper. And you may have noticed I took a week off. I took a week off because I felt like I had to get my head right. I I did. I recorded two podcasts, I swear to God, and I didn't publish them. They were just so negative. So what I did was I went back to the old CBT, Cock and Ball Torture. Don't look it up. Don't look up the acronym CBT on uh online but cognitive behavioral therapy that's the psychological uh i guess techniques where which combats anxiety and depression uh by giving you simple tangible things you basically ask yourself a couple of questions uh you realize you're catastrophizing etc etc and uh it's been working great it's great if you're out there and you have any kind of anxiety, any kind of depression. Uh, get on the CBT, the cognitive behavioral therapy. Oh goodness gracious! It's not like this Freudian psychology where you sit around and go, you know, I just don't know. I just people say bad things to me and I think I'm bad. Is that bad? And then the psychologist goes. Uh, why don't you tell me more? Well, it's just to feel bad. It's that bad to just keep talking and I'll keep charging you. It's just that passive shit, man. That doesn't work. I, I, There's a lot of studies that back up um, the fact that that doesn't work very well. But I've always said that. Talking about your problem is, uh, to me, I think I'm going to be proven right. That I'll be proven right in the annals of history that not only does that type of therapy not work it actually makes things worse because you're dwelling on your problems oh really so that horrible trauma happened to you let's talk about that every fucking week let's really get into it remember more about that trauma go ahead what else can we say about that trauma don't worry we're gonna have a breakthrough are we are we or do I just now is this in my dreams every night because I'm constantly bawling about it in your fucking cushy office? Whereas the CPT, man, that is just that is no nonsense psychology, baby. No nonsense. Get in there. He's like, oh, nobody likes me. Hey, why do you think that? Well, because this, this and this. Well, isn't that distorted thinking? Then uh, let me ask you this. Did that person ever say they didn't like you? No. Do you have friends? Yes. You know, when you go out, do you have a good time? Are people laughing and talking when you're having conversations? Sure. Well, maybe those people in that room don't hate you. Have you thought about that? You crazy fuck? It's sort of like that. I mean, it's more eloquent, right? But uh, it's shit like that. Little fucking things that you don't think are going to work. You might be listening to me and go, Mark, there's no way that works. It does. It just are these little simple turns of phrase, the idea of thinking about things slightly differently. They're basically saying you control all of your emotions. Oh, I shouldn't have gotten into this. I'm already past our due. I got I to gotta say good night. Um, but you basically they say your, your, your emotions are uh, dictated by your thoughts and and like so so let's say you know your grandmother died right and you're like oh i feel sad and that makes sense but they're saying it's because your that's your thought your thought is it's sad so you feel sad and you're like well no mark my grandmother if she died i would feel sad but what if you hated her you know what if what if she was your your arch nemesis and she was always trying to kill you and then you know, she came running at you with a pile of knives. She tripped up. She fell. She died. And you were like, woo! I feel relief. I am relieved that my grandmother's dead because I and my life is no longer in jeopardy. Right? So it was the same situation. Your grandmother died. However, your thoughts have dictated your emotions. That is. This is not one of the examples they use in the book. However, to me... It makes sense. All right, so uh, the book's called Feeling Good by Dr. Burns. Dr. Burns, Feeling Good. I mean, I'm just getting reacquainted with it, and I'm already feeling better. I can't wait to get into this further. You know what I mean? Oh, man. Feels good. It's anxiety, I tell you. It's a fucking, I was about to say it's the worst. It's not the worst, but it's not great. You know, it keeps you from doing it, the... But here's one thing the book can't do fix being tired you know sometimes people think you're being tired you're just you're depressed you know because you can't you don't feel like moving sometimes you're just tired so you just got to recognize the difference between the two but sometimes it's just anxiety saying i don't want to go to that thing and then you think you're tired but you're not so you do guys go out do the cbt have people over for sporting events but choose them wisely Don't, don't for the love of God, enter the sport of sumo wrestling unless you're prepared for heartbreak and heart attacks. And, uh, you know, go have a nice rest of your day. That's it for the podcast. I said shut up. Good night.